for Caulfield Cup Day tomorrow. It's one of the best ever Caulfield Cup fields that I've that I've seen for quite some time. And the CEO of the MRC, Josh Blanksby, joins me now. Good morning, Josh. How's things? Oh, good morning, Gareth. Oh, it's great, mate. Sun's yep. shining out here on Caulfield, and yeah, we're all set to go for a very big day tomorrow. Heading towards the Guineas, the weather wasn't probably playing the well as well as you would want it to, but it doesn't get any better really in Melbourne. Twenty nine degrees today, and then um, in the early twenties tomorrow. Yeah, that's right, mate. And I think a lot of people make their decisions about going to big events, you know, based on the yep. lead-in days. So having a great day yesterday and today means that you know people can get themselves all ready to head out here. Um, there's no rain around tomorrow, so it's going to be a nice temperature. Um, and look, the demand for tickets has been great, Gareth. You know, people coming out of the woodwork asking for tickets and asking for access and stuff. So when that's happening leading into the day, you know you're going to have a, have a pretty good crowd here. Yeah, there's a wonderful buzz around Melbourne at the moment heading towards Caulfield Cup Day and, and for the rest of the spring. I guess tomorrow morning will be one of the most eagerly awaited track walking um, sessions in the morning before scratchings are announced because Gold Trip... I think Connections, Kiramar and the team will be walking the track to make sure that they're happy with the, the surface for Gold Trip. And um, it looks like I'm, I've got no doubt he'll run. I think Tim Bailey and your team there, Josh, have done a wonderful job with your track. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Actually, I'm just watching the watering now. So we're putting 10 mils on yeah. today and put 10 on yesterday. And I think we'll put a little bit more on tomorrow morning. So, look... I think the days of, you know, the hard bone dry track here at Caulfield are gone. You know, I think we'll, we'll come up with a, with a good four as per the policy. You know, we, it's raced fantastically the first two days of the carnival. So um, back in the true for Saturday. And I, I think connections will have no problems when they come here tomorrow morning. And, and, I, and I'm with you. I think this is the race for gold trip. Um, yeah. Melbourne Cup winners have, have such a great record backing up into a Caulfield Cup. So it's a $5 million race sitting there for them to, to take on and it, it's a crack field. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Good on Kieran Ma. I think he had to keep his, his cards close to his chest, but I think he knew that as soon as he won the Turnbull, this is what he wanted to do with gold trip. He wanted to win a Caulfield cup Cox played a Melbourne cup and no one's done it since rising fast. So I know that he likes to rewrite history in a way, Kieran Ma. And I think it's terrific. It's a wonderful narrative for the spring carnival. If you've got a horse that, and to be honest, not too many horses have got the, the constitution to do what they're, they're, they're going to try and do with Gold Trip over the next month or so. Um, so it's terrific for your, for, your, for your race, Josh, as you pointed out. And then what about the international flavour? It's been a while since we've had some internationals in the Caulfield Cup, but you must be over the moon with the representation this year. Yeah, they're no, really exciting. And look, it's a, it's a truly global race, the Caulfield Cup. And obviously a few years has been difficult for us with COVID and then some of the protocols, but exciting. Now, we always aim for around four, three to four internationals and have four here, um, all in the market as well. And, you know, looking really good chances. Um, great to have a Japanese runner. You know, we, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, to try and convince the Japanese to come out. They've got such high quality, high quality horses and they just love their racing. So, you know, it just gives us a lot of interesting form lines coming into it. Great, some great stories. You know, we've been lucky with the, with the PR this week. You know, we, you talked about Gold Trip, but also with Sulcum being owned by some of the AFL players and then break up with, you know, the Japanese media out here as well. So it sort of all lines up. And I think a horse that, you know, that they've come for in the last couple of days is Valiant King. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a bit of an unknown as well, right down as one of the lightweights. So, you know, I think we'll probably end up on, the, by the time it's $6 the field, really, um, you know, by the time we sort of set off. So it's uh, be a great betting race. And, um, you know, as the 18 come around into the straight, it'll be a, a pretty good roar here at Caulfield. Have you been happy with the spring so far? We've had two days of your carnival. Um, have they lived up to your expectations? Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, we've made some changes this year, Gareth. So we won't really, you know, determine what success looks like until we're through, you know, our other two major meetings in middle of November and, and then late, um, you know, late November with the Caulfield Thousand and then the spring finale. So it's a little bit hard to do like for like because we've moved so many races. For example, Wednesday didn't have our group one day, but still to get, you know, in excess of 5,000 people here on Wednesday was, was pretty great. Um, and, you know, I think that double group one day on November 18th, the Caulfield Thousand will be a, a brand new day on the calendar. And I, reckon, I reckon that'll go really well. So I think things are building pretty well. Um, I know the guys at Mooney Valley and, and Flemington are all set to go as well. So it's, it feels like real momentum. And um, as you sort of said right at the start, um, racing seems in a pretty good spot and some really positive stories. I'm fascinated too, and I don't know if you can take us into the insight here, but when you sat down with Peter Volandis and worked out that plan last Saturday, and as a racing fan, I think we we, we thank you because 
Um, it was great to see two jurisdictions work together for the betterment of the sport. What was the conversation yeah, look, like? Uh, look, Peter's fine. Like, you know, we've sort of had a good relationship with Peter really since since the Everest inception, to be honest. And, we, you know, we're the only club to come out and, you know, say this is great innovation and we look forward to working together. And, and you know, we bought an Everest slot one year. So we've certainly tried to make it work. And, and this year just went up, up another notch. So getting all the race times, getting Channel 7 in the room, you know, News Limited really came on board, obviously. News Limited has huge supporters of New South Wales racing. Um, so to get them to give us a bit of coverage. And, look, I've spoken to a few people actually watched the Channel 7 coverage because I, I was obviously on course. And they said, look, this year it was, you know, it was much more 50-50, you know, it was really, it worked well, you know, um, I think Hamish McLaughlin was interviewing the Hay, one of the Hayes boys about Mr. Brightside, who was about to run in Sydney from, from Melbourne. So uh, to me, it's just common sense. And, you know, it's good to see they, they obviously have really positive results. We, we were happy with our results. So we think it's something we can work on. Um, you know, we think there are other days we can, we can work together as well, because obviously they've got some key race meetings later in the spring as well. So... More than happy um, if others want to sort of, um, you know, reach out to, to Peter as well and, and try to make it all work because Everest is not going anywhere and, and you know, they had their big crack that, you know, now this Saturday, they, their meeting's not as big and um, there's a lot of eyes on Caulfield, which is exciting. Is there still tickets available? Yes, mate. Yeah, still tickets available. We're actually about to go on with a special, um, we'll go up on our social media right now, which is a two-for-one offer into the general admission. So... General mission is $75, but in the next few hours, we'll have a special offer of two for one. And there's plenty down here for the GA to come along. You know, there's lots to do down here. Yep. There's the usual bands and things between the races and, and plenty of room for people. So if people are thinking about it, my recommendation is to jump on now, um, grab your tickets, and, and, then, and then come out here for, for a fun day of racing tomorrow. So beautiful two for one. If you get on the MRC websites now for GA, you can um, back a winner already, which is what we all need to do on Saturday there, Josh. Exactly, mate. You know, come out here and have a bit of fun and find some winners and uh, enjoy the day out. Because it really, as you sort of said, it feels like Melbourne's, you know, on the back of the AFL finals and on the back of a few things. It feels like Melbourne's alive again and uh, we're looking forward to putting on a good show tomorrow. Job well done, mate. And you've done a great job there at Caulfield. With There's a lot going on with the, the, the renovations as well to the grandstand and the like. So there's a little bit of construction work there, but you've been able to plan it the best you, that, that you possibly could. So... Hats off and enjoy um, Caulfield Cup Day, mate. No, good on you, mate. No, thanks for your support and thanks for SDN Track support as well. Dean Evans joins us. G'day, Dino. Good morning to you, mate. G'day, Gareth. How are you, mate? Have you, mate? Can you make that announcement that King Colorado will be definitely going to the Cox Plain and be mighty hard to beat around the valley? <laughs> mighty hard to beat might be a, a bit of a stretch, but yep. he's, um, he's definitely going, which is exciting. It's, oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just incredible. It's just incredible to... Uh, have a runner in such a prestigious, um, you know, global race, and, and and we just couldn't be more excited. And uh, three-year-olds have a have a pretty pretty strong record in the race, and they can really um they can really improve on their guineas run. So you know we're excited. Is Mickey D riding? Is that right? That's the plan. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We had a luck. You know, we, we just couldn't slot in uh, where we needed, and you know, three wide, no cover on that day with that strong westerly. Um, there's nothing that finished within Kui that was out wide on the day, and yet for him to stick on and. And one fourth, I thought was a it was a pretty big run. Yeah, it was it was a mighty effort, and it sometimes can be heartbreaking in a way. Not heartbreaking, but there's so many different variables that this beautiful game throws up, and the wind conditions I think threw everyone out a little bit last Saturday. From a, a, as you analyse those races at Caulfield, I think that you had to take that into consideration. It was just sometimes impossible for horses to get into a race because of oh, the wind. Absolutely. Yeah, you're completely right, and 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 it definitely favoured. Sort of those horses on the fence, close to the pace. Yeah. Horses that sort of got back and, and buried in the ruck out the back had, had absolutely no hope. Um, and there's, you know, there were a lot of good horses that um, that were, you know, on face value disappointing. But I think you can forgive them. And certainly, a lot of horses that, you know, when they get to Flemington, for example, and, and the big stretches, I think, um, you know, their form will completely turn around on those bigger tracks, or even if they come back to to Randwick or Rosehill. But um, uh, yeah, really interesting day and a strange day, and we had a lot of strange sort of flops. But I think, you know, I, I was so wrapped with his run just because we, we weren't totally sure what to expect. We weren't sure if he'd 100% come up. Um, but I, I thought he was one of the runs of the day, really, to be free wide, no cover in that group one and, and, and not be too far off him. 0499736736 to join our conversation. You've got a tip for us in the Caulfield Cup. Let's go through the Bet365 market for this year's Caulfield Cup. My great mate, Tommy Steinford. Um, told me, Gareth, you got to read the market um, in market order. 
not in numerical order. So I said, okay, I'll try my very best. But basically, we've got three <laughs> equal favourites here. Sulcum at 650, West Wind Blows at 650, and Gold Trip at 650. Without a fight, $8, question mark, needs to pass a test today from the vet. Monophilia, I should say, break up at 850 as well. Um, and then we go to Monophilia around that $13 quote. Valiant King has had really good support. In fact, it's into $11 now with Bet365. And then we go out to Francesca Guardi at $15. As I said at the top of the show today, Dean, it's one of the better Caulfield Cups, the most intriguing Caulfield Cups that I can remember for a long time. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really great race this year. And, uh, you know, the Caulfield Cup is a race where the imports have a great record. Dunedin, Admire Rakti, Best Solution, Murder Glass in the last 12 years alone. Um, and then we've had some really good local winners like Incentivizer, Elegant, Jamaica. And I think we've been missing, you know, the Japanese influence. Um, and, you know, we had no imports in the race last year. So it's just, it's really exciting to have, um, you know, some of the imports in the race this year, really strong, you know, Japanese runner. Uh, we've got West Wind Blows and Akita Sushi and, and Valiant King. And then you've got these, you know, these Aussie horses that are really in good form. You know, Gold Trip couldn't have been more impressive. Um, without a fight, probably couldn't have been more impressive on his first top run either. Uh, you know, Montefiore comes off a really strong run and, and you've got Sulkin who's, who's going really well too. So, you know, it's a very strong sort of even race. Um, I'm pretty pretty keen on, on the Japanese runner here, Breakup. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty consistent, five wins, seven placings and 21 starts. Uh, he's a Group 2 winner over 2,500. He's won a Group 1 fourth in Japan, the Tenno Show. The Japanese sales are, you know, they're, they're panels above ours and, and the rest of the world, and they've proven that for a long time. The last time the Japanese came to the Spring Carnival was 2019, and Murder Glass won this race, and Lee Grisher won the, the, the Cox Plate. Um, we've had the likes of Delta Blues and Pop Rock and Admire Rakti all come here and dominate. Uh, you know, Breakup holds similar form lines. He actually, he actually probably had better form lines, being a Group 2 winner over 2,500 um, than some of those. Uh, he just maps really, really perfectly here with D Lane drawn five. I think he'll be sort of camped up right up on the speed and sort of the, the first five. Um, and I think he's going to be very, very hard to beat. Um, Westwind blows, you know, his form was Pritzman exceptionally won it over 2000 at Longchamp by a couple of lengths. Second to last, got over 2400 in Hardwick Um He beat the, the Melbourne Cup winner there, uh, Melbourne Cup favourite, Doble Legend there from last year, and third in the Coral Eclipse, which is. Um, uh, a, a huge race at Sandown and, and beat on Dubai Honor, who obviously dominated when he came over here. Um, and then he ran second on the Turnbull after, you know, I thought it was a bit of an average ride and just caught out wide, no cover there. I had to push forward. Um, and my only concern really with Westwind Blows, I think if we had an Aussie jockey, I'd be, I'd be very, very, very confident. Andy Spencer doesn't have a great record here. He's had five rides here for, for duck eggs, um, and that's probably the only query. Um, and, I, and I think the two, um, the two Joseph O'Brien horses, you know, Kita Sushi, one over this trip under Ryan Moore, and then third in the hour of St. Ledger and Valiant King from Northern Hemisphere, three-year-old, and, and Joseph O'Brien's won a cox plate with one of those here. Um, and he was second in the belly rowing last start to the Melbourne Cup favourite, Vob, and he's a very good horse. So, um, you know, I think there's, um, there's plenty of opportunity here, and, and I'm quite keen on the imports, actually. Um, I think the track might be a bit too firm for, for Gold Trip, and he's okay. got the big weight. Um, and without a fight, just I know he goes well, sort of racing this way with, with his race of space. But second up in the Caulfield Cup off an 1800 meter run, I'm, I'm just going to risk him as well. Uh, Montefiore, I think, have run well, but I've, um, I'm just not sure that, that she's as well weighted as some of the others. And so I'm, I'm keen on the imports here, um, but, but for sure, I think Breakup is the one who ticks all of the boxes. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think Gold Trip's the horse to beat. I, I can't get that Turnbull Stakes victory out of my mind. And if he turns up, I think they think that he can handle the track. And they'll walk the track tomorrow morning before making a decision. But the way that Caulfield, I, I had a chat to a few of the jocks there after Wednesday, and they said they were amazed how the moisture was still in that surface, despite it being a hot day. So I don't know what Tim Bailey's done, but I reckon they've done there's something different with the way that they've prepared the, the Caulfield track for this spring. And I think it's racing in terrific fashion. So I've got no doubt that Gold Trip, if he does start, will be okay. So he's at $6.50 without a fight, $8. Break up at eight fifty here with Bet365. And there's a horse down the bottom, as we just mentioned, Valley King at $11. that's had some really good backing. A couple of questions coming through for you here, Dino. What about Hugh Yarmel? At fifteen dollars, stepping up to the twenty-four hundred meters. 
Yeah, Gay's horses are flying. They are, aren't flying. they? Um, you know, whatever she's doing right now, it's working. And um, you know, he was only run down late. And the Hill Stakes, uh, you know, he was brought over for a, for a Melbourne Cup and he'd, he'd won a, um, you know, 2,800-metre race at, at Goodwood. Uh, so, you know, the, the trip's no problem for him. Um, he's going to be in it for a long way. Uh, you know, Tim Clark right up there on the speed. Um, and, yeah, I, I couldn't talk you out of here, um, Al. Um, I'm, 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 just, I'm just leaning towards the imports as being better than ours, but, um, but he's going to run a really good race. All right, then let's have a look at some of these uh, feature races in Sydney at Randwick tomorrow afternoon. And this is the final meeting, really, of the, the spring there at, at, at Randwick before we go to Rose Hill. Race number eight is the Five Diamonds Prelude. And uh, the market says it converges at $10.00. Democracy Manifest at $5, Conta Haley at $5. So they're equal favourites at the moment. And then we go down to Waterford at $8, give it an each way chance. As I mentioned, Converge at $10. Detonator Jack at 11 Faulkner Park at $10. David Eustace saying that Detonator Jack will be an improved horse this run. He was a little bit disappointing the other day. And then $15 and better for the rest. St. Lawrence at 15 What did he goes at $19? And just down the bottom there, Altivo definitely does go to to Sydney and not Melbourne, and he's at $11 here. What are you thinking, Dean? Yeah, look, I, I think um, um, the horse that really uh, stood out for me was actually Converge. It's just um, a massive, massive class drop for this horse. Uh, you know, he mixes his form, but he, he doesn't like wet tracks, and that's often an explanation for, for why he mixes his form in different preps. But, you know, he was he was third in the George Ryder, um, you know, earlier this year, only beaten sort of the neck by Animo and Fangirl. He ran second in the, the BTC Cup in Brisbane Group 1. Uh, to think about it, uh, he just won the Everest. His first up run, you know, he had 59 um, in the Bill Ritchie, and he ran fourth at Redina, who obviously won. He had some handicap. Um, he was giving a lot of weight to a lot of horses. Then the Epsom, uh, you just got to watch the replay. He just never, ever really got a run. Um, and so you just put a line through that. He did look like he was trucking into the race quite well. Uh, he looked really weighted here. And I've got 59.5 with a minimum 56. Um, and he's running a lot of horses here um, that are in the market, uh, you know, like the likes of sort of El Tivo. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Faulkner Park and, and then some horses that are really sort of coming out of benchmark races. Uh, you know, Democracy Manifest was a really, really impressive. Uh, at some handicap runs, pretty unlucky there. But, you know, he's just going to map you know, sort of right out the back here, a long, long way back um, and jump six kilos for this. Um, you know, Coda Healy's second up over a mile at Randwick, which I just find is always quite, quite difficult to do, even though it was good first up. And Waterford, I think, is, is certainly the big danger. Um, you know, the sectionals he ran in the, in the Shannon uh, plus 11.8 for the last 800 was, was hugely impressive. My only question with him is sort of all of his best runs have been at Rose Hill and the both times that he's run at Randwick has been pretty flat. So um, it's hard to come into him with, with huge confidence, but I'm very keen on, on Converge. I just think he's going much better than his form reads. He's the clear group one horse in this race. Um, and I think it's really hard to beat it sort of $10 with, with Waterford, the danger. Well, good push there for Converge. And then we'll have a look at the Big Dance wild card. We've got a $6.50 favourite here in Spangler for Chris Lees and Tommy Berry. And then we've got a host of horses around that $7.50 quote. Flying Crazy for Team Hawks. Wayne Hawks gave that horse a big push there the other day. And Journalism that's had good support, the stablemate to Converge at $7.50. So another one for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. King of the Castles at $8. And then we go to a horse like Fourvella at $9. Um, Steely's around that $11 quote. Lions Raw $12 here for this year's big dance wild card. Um, it's another competitive race. There's a few chances here, Dino. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think there were just some in the market that it could potentially be risked. You know, I think Spangler just gets so far back in its races um, that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a long way off and sort of coming off um, off a five-week break, flying crazy. I'm not too sure that that horse gets a mile, so um, it's a bit of a question mark as well. Uh, you know, Lions Roar uh, is a horse who, who won the round with guineas really impressively. Um, and that was a good day I was on him when he was about 30 to 1. Um, and since then, you know, he's been beating the head in a Villiers. Uh, he's been beating the nose in a, in a Wagga Gold Cup. 
Um, he was really, really good first up in the Shannon. Um, he ran the third quickest life 800 of the day, plus 10.1, uh, which suggested he'd going really well. And then it was a bit flatter in the Ellen Brown, but it was sort of going back to 1400 at Rose Hill. Uh, he got a bit crowded sort of in the straights. And I, I think the big the mile at Randwick, that suits him much better as a horse. Um, and again, he's a class runner, and I think he's a really good chance. For Valor um, is sort of getting up to full fitness now. For Gay, um, in around second and a Canberra mile, not too bad last start. And just her horses are flying so well, he'll be up on the speed and be a really strong chance. And, and highlights, I thought, was a really, really huge price. Um, backed him second up at Randwick over the mile, and he, he got beat uh, in neck by Unspoken. Um, and the last week, there was just sort of wide, no cover, going back to 49, which didn't suit. Um, he's on the back up here. He drops from 58 to 52, um, and, uh, and he's around sort of $17. So I think there's a bit of value in this race, but I think sort of Lions Raw for Valor and, and highlight the Royal double-figure odds, um, and, and they look the three on top for me. Love it. Plenty of plenty of value across those two meetings tomorrow and some of those feature races we've had a chat about. Dino, enjoy next week as you've got a runner in the Cox Plate, but enjoy Caulfield Cup Day, mate. Thanks for your time as always. And as we always say, the best the best investment that you can make on the weekend is sign up with Winning Edge Investments. You type in SEN when you go to their membership page and you get a 50% lifetime discount. And that's the that's the best winner that you can back all day. So thanks for your time as always, mate. Thank you very much, Gareth. Cheers. This man from thebeatfavourite.com, the great tip-off, and, of course, the co-host of the Sydney set with Mickey Gannon on 1170 from 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. You can also listen to that on the SEN app. His name is Nick Ashman. He had a field day there on a Wednesday. He dominated proceedings. Hello to you, Nicholas. Morning, G. Yeah, uh, there's only one way to go from here, isn't it? Downhill. That's up. No, not with that attitude. Um, Ronnie's just texting. Gareth, I'm super keen on Francesca Guardi crying out for the 2400. J-Mac goes on. Might do the cups double. I like that confidence there from you, Ronnie. Macca, he's riding at 54 kilos. So he is making sure that, um, well, he wants to win a Caulfield Cup. And that is dedication for J-Mac to get 244. Caulfield Cup, a cracker field. Other than that, um, all 18 acceptances have a rating of 107 plus other than the emergency. Can't say that for the same. I can't say that for the rest of the fields on the day, though, unfortunately, that's from Marto. He makes a good point. The Caulfield Cup's a ripper, but, um, and you usually get to see that on Caulfield Cup Day. It's not the strongest support program, is it, Nick? No, that, look, that's right. And, and, and it's typical even on Melbourne Cup Day. Correct. You'll know the cup itself stands head and shoulders above anything on the day, as it would probably anyway, but there's definitely a, a lack of real depth. Um, I thought the Caulfield card was pretty good myself. The cup's probably one of the strongest renewals I've seen in quite some time. Yes. We've got last year's runner-up. Uh, Montefilia was only a length off them as well in the race, and she turns up again and meets uh, Gold Chip a couple of kilos better for that one-length defeat in last year's race. I can't wait for this Caulfield Cup, but as you well know, as a form expert and a journalist... There's so much to unpack, so many different narratives from all over the world that are, will be arriving at the Heath for the Caulfield Cup. The gold trip narrative, I think, is the most fascinating storyline for quite some time heading towards a Caulfield Cup. Like the Kira Martin, they're being brave to go to a Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, a Melbourne Cup. It hasn't been done since Rising Fast, but hats off to them for having a crack because they've got the horse to do it. He's the equal favourite. Now, there's three equal favourites, Sulcum, Gold Trip, and West Wind Blows with bet 365 at 650 and then we go to the Japanese galloper break up at $8 and without a fighter who has to pass a vet test before he can gain a start after failing it there yesterday is at $8 the internationals as we speak are being looked over by the Victorian vets so there might be some news coming out of Werribee hopefully that's not the case but they they've been they are being checked out as we speak right now so who wins the Caulfield Cup Nick well, it's a tricky race. Um, getting back to, I spoke to J-Mac, James McDonald, yesterday yep. on the phone, and he said to me, look, it was a case of just getting down to 54 or not having a ride in the race because all the high-weighted horses already had jockeys engaged. So probably don't read too much into that is what I'd suggest. Mm -hmm. However, he does think that Francesco, big Frankie G, will peak uh, tomorrow at Caulfield. And we all know what happened when he got out to this trip last spring. He dominated, as you would say, G, in the Mooney Valley Gold Correct. Cup. So he's right in the mix. I thought Montefilia was good to see her back in the winner's circle first time in 80 weeks last start. And she really powered to the line with the fifth best last 200 metres of the race to win the Hill Stakes. It might be a group two, but it is a wait for age lead up. And it was worth $2 million. So keep that in the back of your mind. 
If you like that form line, you've got to like who your mouth, who meets Montefilia, three and a half kilos better at the weights for the narrow defeat last start. And the stable, the Waterhouse and Bot stable, absolutely airborne at present. Uh, the Japanese horse might be better over fractionally further, as some people are suggesting, but his class will carry him a long way. Um, I like Akita Sushi as well at a bit okay. of a price here. Uh, just feel like he's got a nice profile for a race like this. Granted, he might also be better at 3,200, but I like him drawn away from the inside and Valiant King's yellow one as well. But he's drawn barrier one. He's going to be buried away along the fence and Jamie Carr's going to need to be at her absolute best. And you can't have a conversation without talking about Gold Trip. There's nothing more he needs to do, uh, Gareth. He rates on top, but it's just getting the right price and the right conditions on the day. We know he's better with a little bit of juice in the track. And I just wonder what connections will do if the track comes up good four in the morning. It'll have to come up it a good up. four. It'll be, it'll be a good four. If it, if it gets an upgrade, I think they'll scratch. That, That's that, what I mean. But like, that'll be during the morning. meeting. That'll be during the meeting. Yeah. So that it won't be scratch. He won't be scratched tomorrow morning. I think he's, I think he starts. And okay. I don't know yeah. if, I don't know who you've been talking to because you do some wonderful track reports, but I talked to a few of the jocks the other day uh, after that Wednesday meeting, what Tim Bailey's been able to do with that track. And he's, I think they've changed their game plan a little bit with the, the Caulfield surface is that they, they put enough moisture in it. And, and when they might've had that break, they've been able to have the ability to keep a good four rating despite the conditions. Now I know they've got some testing conditions today, like 29, but it's only a 22 degree day there tomorrow in Melbourne. I think that it will be a perfect surface. I think he'll run for sure. Okay, and, well, that'll add a huge dimension yeah. to the race. And it's a million to one. If he doesn't scratch before scratching time, it's a million to one that they'll upgrade the track <laughs> with the, with the oh, Caulfield Cup favourite. there goes the kiss of death. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. well, look, if he, if he runs in a race, there's enough juice in the track. He's a horse that they've got to beat. I love the way Montefilio attacked the line last start. And I think Akita Sushi and, and Break Up yeah. will round out my top four, mate. But uh, best bet of the day for you, Caulfield Race 4, number eight. I know you're tight on time, mate, so I'll keep it snappy. Uh, facile for the Ryan Alexio stable. Okay. This horse really broke the clock, this filly first up. Uh, she beat a horse called Jolly Star, who's got above average ability, and it was a huge margin back to the third horse. She led all the way on that occasion. I think she'll go forward again on Saturday, 54 kilos, nice weight, and she'll get the job done. Riff Rocket. If he wins again tomorrow, he'll be one of the shortest price favourites in the Derby since efficient. And he may end up being one of the best horses in the country. I'm not saying he is at the moment, but he ran the fastest last 400 metres of the day when he won the superimposed last start. Uh, G, and for a spring three-year-old to do that over 1,800 metres tells you that it's got well above average class. So really looking forward to seeing him run in race two. I thought the, um, the Guineas prelude, I'm having something each way on Zuccaret, the six year, at around $26.00. Typically, she peaks third up. Just in be careful there. I just had a chat to David and Kieran. And, um, they're just going to get her blood done today. She wasn't. She wasn't at her best there yesterday mm. when they looked at her. So she was a little bit flat. Okay. Yeah. So That's I don't. I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know if she'll start. That's my job to provide okay. you information. Well, that's good to know. But the good thing is, you get your money back with the scratching anyway. So that's, that's a good. very good. Point. Hey, mate, I'm going to. I'm going to make. I'm going to tip uh, Lofty Strike to beat. Spacewalk. I know everything points to Spacewalk with the weight mm. relief and so forth, but he's so good on dry tracks. Resume. He's never been beaten first up on a dry track. The only time, time he's tasted defeat when he's fresh was on a rain-affected track. I just think he's got too much class for them, and I know some of the other horses are set up better and whatnot, but he's a proper racehorse, mm. this lofty strike, and I think he'll take care of them. You've been taking care of everyone. There's no doubt about that, Nicholas Asprin. Yeah. You just keep on doing what you're doing. Mickey Gannon's played golf all week. He just texted and said, I'll be right to go tomorrow morning for the Sydney set and winners. So he'll be up and about. And, um, yeah, looking forward to getting up in the morning to listen to you guys. And then, of course, um, we can get all of your work from the, the great tip-off and also the beatenfavourite.com that continues to go from strength to strength. Keep it up, Nicholas. Thank you, G. We'll talk to you next week, mate. There's Nick Ashman. Mitchie Lewis joins us to preview Caulfield and Morphville. G'day, Mitchie. G'day, Gareth. Take it away with your best bets at Caulfield, and then we'll go into Morphville, mate. But what do you like on Caulfield Cup Day? Two best bets at Caulfield. I'm just going to re-mention for the punters out there because Nick Ashman's touched on both of them. So we're lining up there on race four, number eight, Facile, and race six, number one, Lofty Strike. So 
I'm excited to line up with him there, but he's touched on them in details. Other ones from me on the card, race five, number eight, Inhibitions, I thought was pretty handy. She's had three really good runs this prep. Second two start to go behind Charm Stone. I think coming away from the Valley suits and J-Mac takes the ride. So from barrier three, she'll be in a handy position. And then my value play of the day, race 10, number one, H2O, the South Australian visitor for Richard and Chantel Jolly. Resumed running second in a listed race at Morfittville. Handy four lines behind Grey River. She's going to jump from barrier two and she's going to be prominent in the running. So second up, I think it's over the 1100. She's going to be in a beautiful position and you're getting a double digit price. So she's a very good each way play in my opinion. So yeah, we bet three, six, five for the South Australian Galloper. We can get like $12 and $3, 10 with C Williams to take the ride. What about in Adelaide, mate? Race two, number seven, Jacko's horse, Kinetic Jewel, Gareth. Mm. I think this horse is over the odds, so it's a very handy three-year-old race. Now, Kinetic Jewel won her maiden race last start at Morfittville. She ran it in faster times than some of her rivals, Wiggum and Deep Float Diva. So I think that puts her closer in the market to where she should be. So I think you're getting over. She's going to jump from barrier four, and she looks very talented. So I think Jacko might have one on his hands there. I think she'll run a race. Yeah, Jacko's just everything he touches turns to gold. Our producer, every time he has a, a horse, it, it uh, heads to the track. And not only does it get to the track, it gets to a metropolitan track. So half his luck. Um, what else are you doing there, Mitchie, in Adelaide? My best bet in Adelaide's race five, number four, Karakasu. So he's a very handy horse. He can just have some issues sometimes. But when he's right, he's exceptionally talented and above benchmark level. So he was second behind Taunting last start. He ran that race the fastest last, 800, 600, 400 of the day for the entire meeting. So he's up to the 1,100 where he's won three from three starts. I think that suits him better. If he's right here, I think they'll struggle to hold him out. He's second up now. He's got good form second up, track and trip specialist. So Karakasu is the big player of the day there at Morfittville. All right, then, mate, is that it? Uh, one more. Yep. Over the odds, this horse, race nine, number one, Miss Muccini. She resumes today. First up record, super. She's won three out of five. Uh, she's going to get a good run from barrier three and she comes in well in the weights after the claim. So I think she's going to settle in a nice position and I just can't, I've got her a lot less in the market than what she is. So she's my value player today at about that $6.650 mark. I just think she's well suited in this grade. Should get a good run. She looks the one for me. Beautiful, mate. Enjoy your day, Mitchie, and good luck tomorrow. Thank you, mate. You have a good day as well, and good luck, everybody out there tomorrow. Tomorrow, we've got the Five Diamonds Prelude, the Big Dance Wild Cup. We've also got a fascinating runner in race number five in commemorative who was so impressive on Daboon. She's into $1.95 now with Bet365. And thanks to Racing New South Wales, Ray Hickson joins us on this Friday. Good morning, Ray. Yeah, hi, Gareth. Um, it was interesting listening to James Cummings talk about commemorative the other day yes. uh, with you. and. Yep, she does create a lot of interest. Um, I'm going to go with her, but gee, that's a very short price. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a few hurdles she's got to jump, uh, obviously class-wise and and things like that, and the way the race looks to set up. But gee, I, I, you know, I hope she's as exciting as as she looked on debut because you know those kind of horses, um, you know, create a lot of interest, don't they? No, no, there's no doubt about that. He, he did put the cold water on her just a little bit, but he might just be trying to keep a lid on her um, before she steps out and she actually gets to, to show what she's made of this preparation. But what are we backing with some confidence this week, Ray, with your tips? Well, I'm going to back a golfing horse with some confidence, and that's Marquis, yep. a horse I'm sure you're a bit of a fan of. I just I love this race for, for Marquis. I, I think that he's got a little bit of that sort of dash about him. He's He's got a turn of foot. He showed that winning. Uh, last start at Rose Hill, beating Peter Osler, who obviously came out to beat Mission Phoenix and Queenmaker, who are up against them um, tomorrow. I think Marquis has got them covered. So um, I'm happy to back him, race four, number six. Um, who knows where it goes next? He might make it to the, the five diamonds next, or uh, that would be the logical race for him anyway. So race four, number six would be my first one. Horse I'm really interested in, Gareth, in race six is number one, Dashing Legend. Um, now with Joe Pride. 61 and a half kilos is a bit of a steadier, but yeah. she is a stakes winner. She's got, she raced against the likes of Alf Cabin, yeah. uh, Magic Time, Opal Ridge. Good horses last preparation. She's trialled up sharply and drawn well in barrier two. I expect her to run a big race, race six, number one. All right, then. And probably about 20 seconds. Do we, I'll, I might take the news, mate. If it's all right, then I'll come back to you. 
Well, I can wrap up with my All best right. bet. Race, race nine, race nine, number seven, King, number, race nine, number ten, King of the Castle. Good each way odds in the Big Dance Wild Card. Sets up really well, and I like the early support for him. So that would be my best at, at odds on the day. Race nine, number ten. You're a bloody champ. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Gareth. Dino Watling from DeanWatling.com joins us to go through his best at Randwick. G'day, Dino. Good morning, Gareth, and good morning to all the listeners. Take it away with your best bets, mate. Yeah, it's a really tricky day. Rail out seven metres at Randwick. It's a little bit of an in-between week, so we're going to stake down and stake according. Um, we're going to start off with race five, number five, overriding. I know Commemorative is a, a really smart horse and should get every possible chance, but... Uh, we're just thinking at the price and keen to look elsewhere. Overriding, two from two first start. We know how good Nathan Doyle is, first eight horses. And I think the two trials signals intent. So we're going to have 0.5 units on race five, number five. We'll move to race eight, number five, Cotahilly. Uh, this horse was desperately unlucky last start. Bumper cars down the straight. I think gets a lovely setup here from gate five. And a race that lacks a little bit of speed. So we're going to have one unit on race eight, number five. And then we round out the day, race nine, um, number 12, Gareth. Journalism, thought was really good. First up behind the Silver Eagle winner, Rihanna Princess, who obviously came out last week and won that race. Love the way this horse stuck on um, there late in that race. And we know Waterhouse and Bot second up. We've got an outstanding strike rate. And our horse is often fine, one to two lengths. So... Gate seven, John Van Overme has been riding really well and drops right down to 52 kilos. So we'll round out the day with 0.5 units on race nine, number 12. But like I said, Gareth, um, we're going to be a little bit cautious this week at right, Randwick. It looks a really, really tricky meeting. And quickly, before we let you go, your Cox, uh, Caulfield Cup tip. Yeah, Caulfield Cup, keen to be against Gold Trip. I'm backing West Wind Blows yep. and without a fight, even though we had a little issue overnight. But um, we'll stick with those two to beat Gold Trip in a, a shape to be one of the best Caulfield Cups I've seen. Enjoy your weekend, Dino. You too, mate. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com Time to find a few winners. Around the country today with Bag of Tips. Race six, number nine, Pungo, two units. That's at Maui on Maui Cup Day for Mitchie Lewis. I think you can have something on a horse by the name of Port Phillip at Maui today in the Maui Cup, which is race eight on the program. Um, he's terrific each way value at $9 with Bet365. At Packetham tonight, race two, number nine, roll on high, four units. And race six, number eight, Simeon, two units there for Mitchie Lewis. So race two, number nine, Race six, number eight at Canberra. Luke Ovanessian likes race six, number 10, Profits Pride. A unit and a half, the win on that um, Galloper. Race seven, number one, to the nines. One unit each way. And race eight, number 11, hold one unit each way on that Galloper. So that's the tips there from Luke Ovanessian at Canberra. Garrett's horse and hound for all of your equine essentials. Darren Carroll joins us. G'day, Daz. Morning, Gareth. Um, yeah. yeah. Late night's racing at Melton tonight. It's a metropolitan card at Melton tonight, so it's a real, real, real good card. Um, and also a really good card at um, Adelaide Globe Derby, which is the heats of the um, the um, Pacing and Trotters Cup. <clears throat> so I'm going to do something a bit different. I'm going to have a tip at each meeting. So Beautiful. First one is uh, race 10, number six, Relentless Me. Uh, just loves these conditions. Uh, it's got gate speed to ping across and lead. Importantly, then she settles, um, and we always like to find a race where there's not much um, pressure, and I don't think there's much pressure in this race. So it means we get a mid-race slowdown and gets every possible chance. So four units on it at 260, really keen. And then we move to Adelaide, and as I said, Super Knights racing there. Found one here, race seven, number seven, Travel Bug. It's in the heat of the South Australian Trotters Cup. Um, this horse just loves the stand. Um, trialled as good as anything uh, recently at Maribara. Gee, I loved its trial. Um, it's actually on the same market, uh, same mark as anywhere you go, but anywhere you go is um, into a dollar seventy, and this thing's four dollars. There's no way in the world there should be um, that kind of discrepancy in the market. So I'm really keen on travel bugs. So three units on it at four dollars. So right then, so they're the two for tonight. Beautiful. What was the one at Melton? Melton was race ten, number six, relentless me. Beautiful. So that's for Jack Law and the gig. Um, Geelong yeah. Cup. Tomorrow, of course, do you have an opinion there? Um, of course, you can't miss the Geelong Pacing Cup, which will be on tomorrow night at Geelong. Um, who are you who are you backing there? Rock and Roll Do's been well supported. Yeah, he's probably got him a bit short, Gareth. Dollar uh, seventy five. Um, I want to be on him if he's out to even money, which I think okay. he might be because 
Matt Dan's got all the gate speed, so I'm a little bit worried what happens at the start. So I'm probably not as determined to take the dollar seventy-five at this stage, but he does look the top pick, doesn't he? He does look tough to beat. I think Major mm. Moth will hand up as well because he always used to, yeah. he's a better sit sprinter. So whoever can well, get there. first up for a break. Yeah, mm. 100%. So I'm um, looking forward to the Geelong Cup, but tonight for harness racing fans, it doesn't get any better. Some terrific racing. There's some nice racing at Gloucester Park as well. Good on you, Des. Good on you, mate. See There's Darren Carroll. Uh, the Geelong Cup, Saturday the 21st of October. Don't miss out. Live and free on Trots Vision and Sky Racing. The dogs.com.au, the home of Greyhound Racing. Simon Orchard likes a couple at Goulburn. Race 10, number seven, Firehose, two units to the win. And race 12, number one, Zipping Novak, four units. And then at Wentworth Park tonight, he likes race seven, number five, Bandit Bluey, three units on that Greyhound. So race seven, number five. The dogs.com.au, the home of everything Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. And grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhound Racing. At Addington, Matty Claridge likes race six, number three, Neon Lights. And race nine, number seven, Opawa Jackson. So race six, number three, race nine, number seven. And then at Hattrick, race four, number two, Beer O'Clock. And race 10, number two, Jane's Panama. So race four, number two, race 10, number two. And that's uh, the tips there from New Zealand. Thanks to Matty Claridge. Uh, we love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz. For everything New Zealand Greyhounds. And that is Bag of Tips. Thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals, supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com and also the best pub in the Mallee, the mighty Ultima Hotel. And next Wednesday, Geelong Cup Day, SEN with David Taggart and Miles Fitzdale. I'll be there as well. We'll be on track in the Ultima Hotel marquee. Um, trackside all afternoon. Should be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun there last year there on Geelong Cup Day. Kenny Ladd about to be tackled by Citizen and Better Loosen Up is finishing very fast down the outside. Citizen takes the lead, but Better Loosen Up is coming at Citizen. Better Loosen Up on the outside. Citizen, Better Loosen Up takes the lead. Better Loosen Up has won the Cox Plate. A nick to Citizen. Kenny Ladd, third, the Phantom, a very good run. Four, that was one hell of a performance by Better Loosen Up. He was trained by David Hayes. He went on to win a Japan Cup. It was an astonishing Cox Plate that year. Stylish century led him by, at one point, I think around 20 lengths and better loosen up and, well, he equaled the track record on that particular day to, to win the, the Cox Plate. And David Hayes joins us now. Good morning, David. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Yeah, nice to be on the show. Um, as we experienced legendary at the Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival, that was a legendary performance by your horse. What did that day mean to you and your family, especially for your career? Look, it was a very important one because Dad, when he announced his retirement on Cox Plate Eve, won his last Cox Plate with Almorad. Yeah. And then I won my first with Better Loosen Up. And one, it was my first group one. And uh, it was a very special, you know, to win your first group one in a Cox Plate. But I do remember the race clearly at, at about the... 900 meter mark dad put his hand on my leg and said well you've got your whole career to win one he, <laughs> he gave him no hope <laughs> and then I, i'm a bit of an optimist and at the 300 i said he's coming he's coming and then he got up and won so uh it was a, a huge huge thrill what did your old man say to you after the race then um, he's pretty damn good, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> did you did did you realise what you had leading into that Cox Plate? Oh, I did, yes. Uh, he, he'd won all the lead-up races very impressively. Fiat getting up in the last stride. I think he started favourite. So yeah. to start favourite in a Cox Plate, you've got to be pretty good in your own right. So it, I was hoping and expected to win, uh, but you, you're never too confident in that race. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll rephrase that question. But when you saw that horse for the first time and he was working through his... He he's um, he was going through his work back at Lindsay Park. Did you did you did you know that he was special from the outset? Oh no, no, no. he's a very lazy track. Yeah, and um, in our Melbourne stable, Dad had a huge stable at the time, and I was running Adelaide for him, and Better Loosen Up was there, and there wasn't much room in the stable, and they had to shuffle horses around when he arrived, and uh, he said, "Why are you? Why would you send him? You know, like that." <laughs> And anyway, he nearly he nearly won first up for the stable. Stable mate beat him on Caulfield Cup Day at a big price. But then from then on, um, 
he won the um, the Emirates and then won the two big ones in Perth. Came back and he was just a star. The only time he ever blotted his copybook was if it rained. He wasn't a good wet track horse. Jeez, yeah. when I listen to you talk about this horse and then I listen to the boys talk about Mr. Brightside, jeez, there's a lot of similarities. It's funny. Uh, yeah. when, when I saw him, when he started that string of wins from his maiden through to the Emirates, um, I said it about it's just for the Seymour Cup when he won. God, he reminds me of a lot of the old horse because one in size, stature, yeah. The way he sticks his neck out, the way he gallops, and he races in the family colours. And he's by a sire, nondescript. Bull Bars is a low-profile sire, and so was Loosen Up. So they, they both came from nowhere, and, uh, and, they were, and, and they're both genuine champions. Yeah, and, and, and Benny and JD and Will say that at home you wouldn't even, like if you went around the stable, you wouldn't say, well, this is a champion. You know what I mean? He's... He he just does what he needs to do, and he and he might just be a different. He's a different horse when he heads out onto the track. Well, yeah, I came home. It was in COVID, yeah. and the boys uh, had the cupboard was very bare. The stable was looking quite light and not very competitive. And I was watching all the horses in winter prepping for potential spring. And I came home from track. I didn't tell the boys, but I told my wife, uh, "Gee, I don't lie. I didn't see a good horse." And in amongst those horses that morning, I didn't even notice him, was Mr. Brightside. Yeah. So, um, yes, he has. We always thought he was okay going through the grades, but no one could have envisaged him being this good. We had a debate the other day. We have a Wednesday debate where we have a little bit of fun and banter, David, on, on Giddy Up. And one of the topics was, and you're the perfect person to answer, if Lindsay Park, if Prue said we're not going to call it Lindsay Park anymore, we need to rename the farm. Would it be better loosen up Lodge or Mr. Brightside Lodge? Well, it's split in two halves. So yes. Give them um, a side each. Uh, it, there's a road in between. There's yeah. 500 acres one yeah. side and 600. And because he's current, he could have the big infrastructure yeah. side. <laughs> That's a very good answer. Um, can can Mr. Brightside join Better Loosen Up? This could be the deciding factor on the Cox Plate on a list. What'd you make of his run in the King Charles? Uh, look, I thought it was okay. It was yeah. good. He ran second. Um, I thought Fangirl was exceptional in that race. But he was a month between runs uh, going up to Sydney. And the plan was always to do the month. And I just think he, he might just have knocked up a bit on the day. Yeah. And I'd say that could hard run under his belt. I'm not worried about the 2000 at all. It's a bit like all the alligator blood stuff that he, mm. they haven't won at 2000. But if they're good horses, they will. Uh, he's got a clean set of lungs, and his couple of runs at the 2000, he wasn't as good as he is now. So I wouldn't judge. I don't think they were failures either. So I, I we went back to last in the Cox Plate last year. That won't be happening this year, I don't think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, look, I, I'd say if he'd had a win over 2000, he'd probably justify to be favourite. And... Uh, I reckon he will run 2,000, so he's good odds, and I'd say have a bet on him because yeah. he never lets you down. It's a, it's a, yeah, he, he always goes to war with you for you, and you, it's amazing, really. He finished second in a, in a King Charles. He was the horse of the spring in the early part, and Alligator Bloods won, let's be honest, a couple of weak group ones. There hasn't been, like, there haven't been vintage weight for age group one races. He's now second favourite, and you can get $10 now. Mr. Brightside and the Cox Plate. And I don't think there's pubs in Hong Kong, but at restaurants, what's the, the, the locals debating with you that Romantic Warrior will just win the Cox Plate? Do you think Brightside can beat him? Um, on his first up run, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would put out a, I'm a, I think I'm a Romantic Warrior that he had it all to lose first up, and I called that before the race. Yeah. But I think he was too aggressive and a bit fresh first up. With that run under his belt and a couple of trips over to the valley, I think you'll see a different horse in the Cox Plate. I would say he's the horse to beat. Yep, so he's the favourite romantic warrior, $4.50. Um, what kind of horse do you need to win a Cox Plate? You've won a couple. And Fields of Omar, what a story uh, he was. Yeah, well, you, you know, Fields, um, I think, ran in four or five and was placed in four of them uh, and won two. So, look, he's one of the Cox Plate greats. 
Um, you, you, you need a very, very, you need the weight grades champion of the year, yeah. basically. Um, occasionally there's an upset, but normally you, after the Cox Plate, you go, well, that was obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you just look for the horses that have got consistent weight for age form. It's not a race. If they haven't run well in the lead-ups, they normally don't run well in the, in the Cox Plate. Look. Where a handicap, generally, it's the horse building and finding the form. So for me, um, I would say the Cox Plate will come out of the weight for age form leading into it. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. And I think it, I love this narrative and I love, and I know you need to have the horse to do it, but Kira Mar and David Eustace taking the punt with gold trip, trying to do the big travel and doing, and do what rising fast last did um, back. I think it was 1954, all those years ago, gold trip to win a Caulfield Cox plate and, and also a Melbourne cup. I, I don't know. Like when you have a look at the record of the horses backing up from a Caulfield Cup to a Cox Plate, are you surprised that you don't see more horses do that, David? Uh, yeah, like it's a. Uh, I, I remember Northerly uh, did it. He beat Fields of Omar yep. in the Caulfield Cup, giving him a heap of weight, and then came out and and beat him in the Cox Plate. They both backed up and they both ran well. Um, it's just the you know it's just back back 400 metres that you can you know they're very fit anyway and and if it's a gruelling Cox Plate it sometimes works in their favour Can't wait to see what Mr Brightside can do in the Cox Plate mate and um, great reliving that magical moment with Fields of Omar. Do you have a winner for us at Chartin on Sunday? Uh, I've got, it's my birthday so Oh happy birthday David 50? No on Sunday Oh yeah happy birthday for Sunday yes. I won't correct what you just said but the uh, (laughs) I, I I would say I've got a nice horse that uh, the boys sent me, actually. It's called Ruby Lot. Okay. Uh, it's not a bad horse. Ran well on debut. I think he'll run well on the weekend. And the question's, so Brightside will be in Hong Kong after the Cox Plate, or will he go to Flemington, then Hong Kong? Uh, yeah, better ask the trainers. All right, uh, I, 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 I think they'll just see how he, how he runs, and they'll make their decision, but... You know, it's a it's a long time from the Cox Plate to the uh, to the you know it's, it's probably seven weeks. So I'd say that if I was betting, I'd say we have a run on final day at Flemington. Well, don't worry, Giddy Up's got a Giddy Up syndicate here on this show, and we we leased a horse from the Easter Sales, and the boys have got it a, a um, done deal, Philly. So um, she'll be winning the thousand guineas not this year, but next year, and you're more than welcome to come and celebrate with us, David. Well, that's a, that's a deal. I'll, I'll come down if you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate your time and um, happy birthday for Sunday on behalf of everyone here on SEN. <laughs> Thank you. There's a legendary trainer, David Hayes, for a legendary Cox Plate moments. Experience 24 hours of racing action and entertainment at the Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. Tickets at coxplate.com.au.